just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Saturday. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying you didn't do a podcast yesterday, and you're right. I did not do a podcast. I mean, God rested one day. Give me one day. But here's the reason why. The day before was Thanksgiving, of course. Not a lot of news on Thanksgiving. Not a lot to talk about that we haven't already talked about. I was over at my brother's house, was there till about 11, didn't get home till 11.30. I'm fucking tired. I had to be someplace by 9 o'clock the next morning. I wasn't going to stay up till 2 a.m. And I thought, fuck it. I got nothing to talk about. I'm tired as hell. And I got to get up early. Now you're probably saying, you got to be someplace at 9 o'clock and you call that early? Yeah, for me, it's fucking early. Because when you're retired, you get to go to bed anytime you want and get up anytime you want. This is the first time I used an alarm in a long fucking time. And honestly, since it's been so long since I used an alarm, I didn't know if it was going to fucking work. I didn't know if I was just going to roll over, turn the fucker off, and just keep, keep sleeping. So I thought I'd better go to bed early. Nonetheless, I am back. We got through Thanksgiving. Hopefully your Thanksgiving was great. Mine was awesome. Got to see my family. Got to hang out with my granddaughter. She was going crazy. Now, my side of the family hasn't seen her for more than a year, so there's been a lot of changes in her. And she's a little different kid than she was. She's moving around constantly. She's very bold. She's not shy. And... uh they all had a great time with her because they weren't they didn't know what to expect and 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 she's a lot of fun. Anyhow, so that's why I didn't do a podcast yesterday. I'm doing one today though. I mean I do one every day. Some fucking podcast only do one a week. Those are some lazy bastards. And you know it's interesting. I, I drove down to my brother's house with my youngest son, okay? My wife was working, and she met us over there. So I'm driving down, and he says, I want to listen to a podcast. And uh, I say, yeah, go ahead. So I let him play this podcast, and it's called History Hyenas. So I'm thinking, oh, history podcast. I'm down for that. And it turns out this podcast is done by a few um comedians. There's Chris Stefano, who I know. I've seen his act. He's funny. Guy named Giannis Pappas. Don't know much about him. And another guy named Tim Dillon was on this show. They were going to talk about Charleston, South Carolina. I'm thinking, cool. I've been to Charleston. I love Charleston. So love to hear this stuff. We drove down there and back, total hour time in the car. That's the length of the show. Not one mention of Charleston. It was just, 
It was weird because I think about how I do my podcast. I kind of plan things out as far as what I want to talk about. I try to stay on topic. But these guys were just fucking around for an hour. They were just riffing. I'm thinking to myself, I can fucking just riff, but who's going to want to listen to that? Um, Younger kids and their podcasts are much different than we older folks in listening to podcasts. I need some substance to it. and I know they were being funny, and, and to the younger folks, they were funny. There were a few things in there that were funny for me, but I just wasn't catching the humor. So I'm thinking to myself, God, there's people doing podcasts, doing a lot less fucking work than I was doing. But nonetheless, when you're older, you have to work harder, so fuck it. That's what we do. Now, yesterday, we did have some things going on, some interesting things going on. And, and, and I've told you before... We should always let Donald Trump talk. Let him be on Twitter. Let him talk as much as he wants because he will always fuck himself over. He'll either implicate himself into some criminal activity or just make himself look stupid. And, of course, Thanksgiving, he did just that. The former president, Donald Trump, had a dinner at Mar-a-Lago on Tuesday with white nationalist live streamer, Nick Fuentes, and Ye, or Kanye, the rapper. Now, you know who Kanye is, and that fucker's just nuts. But this Nick Fuentes guy, you got to know who this guy is. I've only seen bits and pieces of his shows, if you want to call them that. I think he's on YouTube. I think he's got a pretty big audience. He's like 24. And the fucking guy's a white nationalist. I mean, he's crazy. And as you watch him on the screen, he's a little creepy. His eyes go weird. He says shit. I don't know if he's saying it because he means it or he's saying it to incite the audience. I don't know. But I watched him one time and he was talking about uh, the abortion issue in this country. And after the midterms, when the Republicans got their ass kicked, he said, well, apparently people in this country like abortion. That's why we got beat in the midterms. And then he goes on to say, that's why we need a dictatorship in this country. We need to force these people to do what's right and not what they want. Now, he'll always say, well, he was just joking, but that's a, you know, a standard Trump fuck excuse. They say the most outrageous things and then they say they're joking or they can't believe anybody would believe that. And the fact of the matter is that's their strategy because they know there's a faction of people out there that are so fucking stupid that they will believe them. Now, apparently this dinner, the details are sketchy around the dinner itself. Sources confirmed that the meet and greet, um, which reported that Trump had invited Ye, and then he just brought Nick Fuentes as a guest. Now, this guy is a supreme white supremacist. I mean, he's fucking out there. Now, in a statement to Axios, Trump claimed that Ye Invite was intentional, but distanced himself from Fuentes. Kanye West very much wanted to visit Mar-a-Lago, Trump said. Our dinner meeting was intended to be Kanye and me only, but he arrived with a guest whom I'd never met, knew nothing about. Really, Donald, former president of the United States, living in an exclusive golf club 
resort. Kanye comes up. He has his dipshit with him. You don't check him out. You don't check his background. You just let him in the fucking building. Interesting. I find that hard to believe. Now, whatever the intent of the meeting was, um, the meeting was granted a previously fringe fascist who proudly espoused racist and anti-Semitic views um, and with an audience and and an ex-president who was looking to return to power in 2024. Now, on his online talk show, Fuentes fantasized about a white uprising headed by Trump, who he believes should declare a dictatorship in America. Now, he might say he's just joking, but he's saying this on his show. And again, you know as well as anybody else, Fucking people are going to believe that. And and to be honest, if you watch this guy, you think, now this motherfucker's serious. <clears throat> now, Fuentes attended the Unite to Write neo-Nazi rallies in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017. You remember that fucking mess. And that led a group, and, and he also led a group of his followers whom he calls Grapers, G-R-O-Y-P-E-R-S, don't know what that means, to rally outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. He said the next day that the insurrection was awesome, and I'm not going to pretend it wasn't. You see, this, this guy is constantly trying to trigger people. Now, whether he really believes it or he's just trying to get, uh, get clout, if he's just throwing out clickbait, I don't know. But whatever it is, it's fucking dangerous when uh, um, when somebody fucking does this. Now, at least seven people with connection to his America First organization have been charged with federal crimes in the attack. Fuentes was issued a subpoena by the House January 6th committee seeking information about his role in the insurrection. Now, this is what Fuentes said on one of his previous shows. The Jews had better start being nice to people like us because what comes out of this is going to be a lot uglier and a lot worse for them. (laughs) Uh, Michael Edison Hayden, a senior investigator with the Southern Poverty Law Center, highlighted the grim implications uh, during Fuentes' Appearance, I guess they're calling it. It's not only that Nick Fuentes is anti-Semitic, racist, and hates women. He talks about bringing us back to the Middle Ages. We're talking about a very radical stuff that you'd hope would be considered on the lunatic fringe. Ye, who recently had his Twitter account unlocked after a ban for anti-Semitic tweets, posted several videos to the platform Thursday night in which he made various claims about the dinner. Now, Donald Trump is trying to walk this back a little bit, but uh, he said Trump was really impressed with Fuentes because unlike so many of the lawyers and so many people that he has left with uh, on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyal to, loyalist. Fuentes is a loyalist. Now, Ye said something else. I'm not going to call him Ye. That's bullshit. He's coming up with his own nicknames. That's bullshit. His name is fucking Kanye. Anyhow, <laughs> he also said that he pissed off Donald Trump because when he walked in there, he said, uh, look, Don, I'm going to run for president and I want you to be my vice president. Well, that's the wrong thing to say to Donald Trump. 
<laughs> Apparently he exploded, at least this is what Kanye is saying, he exploded and yelled at Kanye. I mean, we've got two narcissists, three narcissists sitting in a room talking shit, talking about racism and all this stuff. It, it, it had to be a shit show. Now, one of the things that this Fuentes espouses is that he's a uh, Holocaust denier. He doesn't believe the Holocaust happened. He said, no way, six million people died. And again, I think he just says those things that he thinks are going to trigger people because he sees it as a way of getting viewers. I, I have to believe that. He can't be this possible stupid. But it reminded me of a story when I was a younger man in my 20s. I had a grandfather who was in World War II. He was on something called the Red Ball Express, but he was also involved in the liberation of one of the concentration camps in Germany. I think it was in Germany, maybe Poland. I don't know. I don't know which one it was. He said it, but it wasn't a name I recognized. It wasn't like Auschwitz or anything like that. And I said to my grandfather, I could talk to him about pretty much anything. And I said, Grandpa, um, and, and I'm talking the 80s now, so this isn't recently. My grandfather passed away some time ago. I said, Grandpa, there are people out there that say the Holocaust never happened. I've heard your stories about being in war, and I know you were in Germany and Poland and all that stuff. And <clears throat> I just have to ask you, these people that are saying the Holocaust is a hoax, is a fake, is that true? And uh, he just looked at me. He got a little little emotional, and he said to me, oh, no, it's fucking true. I seen it. That's exactly what he said to me. And then he looked at me and said, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It happened. I seen it. I don't want to talk about it. So if my grandfather tells me it's true, it's absolutely true. But the fact of the matter is video, uh, films and the evidence from this, clearly it's true. So this dumb fuck is sitting with a former president, a, a, a Holocaust denier, clearly a racist, clearly a misogynist, and an anti-Semite, and he's having dinner with the former president of the United States. Well, Trump didn't realize this. He, I guess he didn't know that Kanye was going to release video and information about this. Now all his people are saying, what the fuck are you doing? This is not good for an election which is crazy because he's never going to make it to 2024. He's not going to be running for the president in 2024, but they're freaking out. Now he's trying to walk it back. Well, I didn't really know him. Well, Kanye says you love the guy, which is true. Is Kanye lying? Could be. Kanye's a crazy fuck too. But this is the kind of human being Donald Trump is. He doesn't care what people have done or what they say. If you like him, he likes you. And this kind of goes back to what I once said. Donald Trump is so easily manipulated. Just pat him on the back, say, oh, you're a genius. I'm loyal to you. And he'll give you fucking anything. He'll do anything, including having dinner with a crazy fucking musician and a white supremacist. And then he'll tell us, well, he's a pretty nice guy. I didn't know him real well, but he's a pretty nice guy. Like I said, let Donald Trump run wild because he will fuck himself every possible way.
He's always done it. He will continue to do it until he's shut up. And that has to be our goal here. Shut this motherfucker up. Shut him down because he is a danger to this country. Now, you talk about dangers to the country. I want to talk about this guy. You know, this guy, this next guy is such a fucking buffoon. But there are a lot of people that believe in him. And it's fucking unbelievable that they believe in this clown. Of course, I'm talking about my pillow founder, Mike Lindell. Now, Mike Lindell has been talking about evidence of voter fraud or election fraud for a couple of years. He's even set up little specials on his internet broadcast and symposiums and shit like that. Says, I got the evidence. Just wait till that and you'll see the evidence. Well, we waited and we watched these things and not one shred of evidence. Not one shred of evidence. Now he's trying to say that Carrie Lake lost because of election fraud. Again, no evidence. But it's coming. Don't worry. It's fucking coming. Now, he's being sued by Dominion for $1.6 billion. He tried to get them to dismiss this case, and they said, fuck no, you're going to court. This guy is going to be destroyed financially, personally, and with his company. He's taken this company that was fairly successful, and he's running it into the ground. So now what does he want to do? Apparently, he's looking for a job. Apparently, I didn't even know he could do this. I figured you had to be in Congress to do this. But he says he's planning on challenging Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel. Now, what you need to know about Ronna McDaniel, her real name is Ronna um, Romney McDaniel. Ronna Romney McDaniel. He is, she is uh, Mitt Romney's niece, and she's a fucking nutcase. Now, Lindell... Lindell remains a vocal and loyal supporter of former Donald Trump, in spite of everything you've seen. He's still a follower. I, I, I can't even, it's inexplicable. He also continues to deny in election results uh, from 2020. Um, again, no evidence, no evidence. And of course, by doing what he did and talking about the voting machines, that led to the defamation lawsuit by Dominion and also getting him suspended from Twitter. Now, he'll probably get back there now that Elon is running Twitter, but, you know, who the fuck cares? Now, despite some significant losses in the midterm elections, McDaniel is planning on running for re-election as the chair of the RNC. You see, it's going to be a problem for her. If you're leading the RNC and you get your ass kicked in the midterms like she just did, well, her odds are slim. But in a live stream this week, Lindell called for the new RNC leadership to take over, and he suggested he would be up for the job. (laughs) We need somebody, everyone, wait a minute, he said, we need someone, everybody, and I would step in, that if God willing, he said, the clip of Lindell was flagged by Twitter, of course, and I think it was taken down. Lindell later confirmed his plans to uh, file later, accusing McDaniel of failing in a role with the party. Rona McDaniel has failed in her leadership, he said. We need a new input to get different output. 
Now, see, the thing is, Ronald McDaniel may have been part of the reason for the Republicans failing in the midterms, but let's be perfectly honest. What really caused the failure? Well, it's overturning Roe v. Wade, all this crazy chaotic shit, all these claims of election fraud, and not showing evidence. I suspect that that Mike Lindell is partially responsible for the midterm failure of of the Republicans. But apparently he wants to run. I'm surprised he doesn't want to go for Speaker of the House. I would think uh, I would think that he'd be in line for that. I mean, it's about time they put some crazy fuck in there. Kevin McCarthy's going through the machinations, all his plans for being the leader of the Republicans in the House of Representatives becoming Speaker of the House. He came out yesterday and he said, well, the first thing we're going to do when we take over the House is we're going to read every word of the Constitution. It's been a while since anybody's done that. So we're going to do that. I think that's a good idea because I think the Republicans have some misconceptions about the Constitution, whether they will actually grasp it after they read it, I don't know. But this is typical of the Republicans. It's all about the show for them. It's not about doing anything. And I think it's a little presumptuous that Kevin McCarthy thinks he's going to be the uh, Speaker of the House. As I've talked about before on the show, he there is no track for him to be the Speaker of the House. He needs 218 votes, and we know of at least six people that have said they're not going to vote for him. He can't get to 218 votes, and the fact of the matter is, I don't know who else can. And so, I the Republicans are going to be hamstrung. They can't really do much. Now, of course, Lindell continues to claim he has evidence of mass voter fraud, never shown us any actual proof of that, Lindell claimed he would drop everything to present his supposed evidence to Elon Musk so he could get his Twitter account back. <laughs> You'll probably get it back anyway, because what, what, what is Elon giving amnesty to everybody? Didn't he say that? I don't know. But Lindell is desperate. He says, I would fly to him, do whatever it takes. I would hand deliver it on a silver platter and say, here you go, look at it. Now, Lindell told this to Steve Bannon this week. Lindell said, you're a very smart man. Look at this and do whatever you want to do with my Twitter account. But for sure, I would like to say, hey, this guy got banned, and he's banned right now for no reason. Well, Mike, you are banned for a number of good reasons. If Elon Musk wants to reinstate you, well, he owns it. He has that option. But the credibility of Twitter is falling very quickly. I mean, it's virtually a shit show. I think I told you on this podcast that I I don't really get too much involved in Twitter. I just never found it that interesting or informative. Maybe it was who I followed and stuff. but, But I've been going on there talking some real shit about Republicans answering these people. And, of course, I'm a small... Uh, I'm a small uh, creator on Twitter. Nobody really probably knows who I am, but but I've said some crazy shit out there. 
and uh, nobody's kicked back. Maybe it's just that I'm so inconsequential that nobody knows. Maybe that's it. But uh, when you go out there and see some of the stuff that is on Twitter, I mean, it is kind of like the Old West. I mean, anybody's doing whatever the fuck they want. And now, remember the trouble that Elon got into with this blue check thing and paying eight bucks a month? And then people did exactly what I suggested they do, and that is come up with names of famous people, pay the eight bucks, get the blue check, and then say these crazy things. In fact, they even did it to Elon Musk. Somebody took the name Elon Musk, got the blue chap, and started talking shit. And, of course, it was embarrassing for Elon Musk. And then he stopped it. Well, now, he made a couple of rules. If we find you impersonating, you'll get banned. Well, that should have been a rule in the fucking first place, you dipshit. But now, apparently, he's going to reinstate this blue check for eight bucks a month. It didn't work the first time, Elon. What are you doing to fix it this time? I mean, you need people to verify people who are now verified. But you fired everybody. And then half of what you had left left because you were ta- playing a hard ass. And they said, fuck yourself. We're gone. You got about one quarter of the employees you had when you took ownership of Twitter. So you're going to restart this blue check thing for eight bucks a month, but you have nobody to fucking verify it. It's not going to be any better this time. Then you throw in the fact that half of your sponsors have left Twitter. Elon's got a fucking mess here, and he still keeps talking cocky and stuff on Twitter. I thought we were supposed to be done by now. Well, honestly, I think a lot of people did, but I will give him credit. It's still running. But you ain't making money, motherfucker. You paid $44 billion for Twitter. It is now worth $8 billion. Well, you're a master businessman, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm not sure what's going to happen to Twitter. I don't really care because I don't get involved with it all that much. It's kind of a sad thing, though, because I know a lot of people do get their news from it. I mean, I think people get their news primarily from Twitter. And I guess you can. I started following uh, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, um, Midas Touch, and all those places. So I was getting some news information from it. But it's, you know, it's limited. So I have to get the gist of a story and then I have to dig out the real facts because you can't trust Twitter of whether it's real or not. I mean, they had people impersonating news agencies, pharmaceutical companies. You don't know what's real out there. So it's hard to go on Twitter and say, well, this is, this is a fact because most of the shit is bullshit. And don't get me wrong, some of the other social medias are much the same, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and all that stuff. you got to be very wary of what you watch <coughs> or read because largely it's bullshit or just, you know, jokey stuff. It's just there's, there's really no substance to it. And that's the unfortunate thing in this country now. There is no solid source that gives you all the facts and allows you to make a decision. Everything is slanted. 
and they don't give you all the information, so you got to go digging for it. As I've said, the media, and social media for that matter, is largely responsible for the divisiveness in this country. You'll probably notice when I talk to the Trumplefox on this show, I would say something, and they would say something like, I never heard that. And it would be common knowledge, a normal news story. But if they're listening and getting their information from a source that doesn't report that, doesn't want to report it because it goes against their narrative, and these people just don't know, what do you say? We've got a lot of misinformed people in this country, and that is a huge problem. We have many problems in this country, but that's something we have to address. But the way our media sits right now, we've got three or four companies owning anything so they can manipulate you, lie to you, mislead you, and there's nothing much we can do about it. I can only hope somebody has some credibility and integrity and comes up with a news source that is just straightaway facts and lets you make a decision. Unfortunately, because we are the audience we are, Nobody probably watch it because it's not entertaining. It's not sexy enough. It's not um, tabloid enough. As I've said before, there was a time when we actually had journalism. We don't now. And as much as you want to blame the media for that, you really have to blame us. It's what we're interested in, what appeals to us. And straight news doesn't appeal to the vast majority of people consuming news. They want to be entertained. They want a little song and dance. They want to be scared. They want to be excited. They want to be incited. So the media reacts accordingly. And again, that just leaves us in a situation where we're all horribly misinformed. And then you get somebody like Mike Lindell, who we were talking about here, and uh, he comes out and does what he does. And for whatever reason, a bunch of people follow this guy. I've seen people interviewed about Mike Lindell, and they think he is an absolute solid source of information, even though he's never had any proof of anything he states. And now he wants to lead the RNC. Now, in normal circumstances, you would say, that's fucking crazy. That will never happen. But you can't say that. Not with the Republican Party the way they are now. You can't say that won't happen because it fucking could. And I'll be honest, if they made Lindell leader of the RNC, that would be so fucking entertaining. It would be fun to have him the leader of the RNC as it finally goes down for the third time. Because trust me, it will go down. These next six months are going to be horrific for the Republican Party with the investigations, the indictments, the shit show that's going to ensue. The Republican Party won't survive, at least in its current state. They may try to change it up and rehabilitate themselves, but it's going to take years for them to get any headway if they decide to do that. So... If I get a chance to vote for the leader of the RNC, I'm definitely voting for Lundell. I would love to see some guy and fuck up the RNC even worse than it already is. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Now, you'll remember in the last podcast, I made fun of Herschel Walker for his oratory faux pas. He was on television, but he wasn't alone. It was him in the middle. (laughs) And it was Lindsey Graham on one side and Ted Cruz on the other side. They were there to support Herschel Walker, presumably to help him get votes. Yeah, these motherfuckers are no help. They got their own problems at this point. Nonetheless, they were on this television show. And, of course, Herschel Walker was trying to talk about election deniers. (laughs) But instead, he said, erection deniers. And Ted and Lindsay just kind of smirked because they knew or heard the mistake. But they didn't want to interrupt. They're there to support Herschel Walker. We all say Herschel's stupid. He just proved he was stupid because I think he said erection deniers like a couple of times. It's not like a slip of the tongue. He either doesn't know the word or he's just incapable of saying or uttering that word. I don't know what it is, but he said it. Now, you would think he'd get the most heat from saying the word wrong. I know what it's like being on the radio and such, and you say something wrong. People love to jump all over you about that, like you're supposed to be perfect. And I think you know by now, if you've listened to the podcast, I'm far from perfect. I make my share of mistakes, and, you know, that's just the way it is. Still, it was kind of funny with Herschel Walker because he's known for being stupid. Well, MSNBC host Joy Reid made fun of Herschel Walker. Not about saying erection denier. Well, she kind of chortled at that. But she said something else. She said, it's weird how Herschel Walker always has to have these handlers around him. He can't be trusted to speak on his own, so you got to have Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham standing next to you uh, to save you the moment you get lost in a conversation, which Herschel Walker almost always does. So when Herschel heard this comment about Joy Reid saying, well, you always got to have handlers. This made Herschel kind of mad. So when a narcissist does that, the only thing they know to do is attack, even if it's not a recommended thing to do, not a smart thing to do. He will still do it. He will double down and make a comment. And this is the comment he made. Herschel Walker says, I'd love to debate Joy Reid. You know, Senator Warnock, he's a slick-talking, smooth, dressy guy. But in that debate, I took him to school because he found out a lot of things he didn't know. And I can do the same thing with Joy Reid any time of the day. Now, this is delusional because I heard pieces of his debate with Raphael Warnock. I don't know how Herschel Walker could school anybody if he sounds as if he never went to school in his fucking life. He did not school Raphael Warnock, but he thinks Joy Reid he can handle. He said, I think people sit on TV and they talk. It's easy to talk, but I've been a man that have worked all my whole life. I built companies. I've signed the front of a paycheck. They've never done any of that. They don't know how to do it. I do. 
<laughs> I bet you do. You know how to sign checks to pay for abortions, you piece of shit. And I say any day of the week she want to debate, she can show up here and I'll debate her as well on any subject. She can come up with the subject and let's go at it. Now that's a very dumb statement. If you've ever watched Joy Reid on MSNBC, you know she's very smart, very articulate, and she's not afraid to say what's on her mind. She's one of the few media people that I like, who's usually pretty true to the truth, as opposed to just trying to incite or manipulate people. Now, of course, Joy Reid heard this, and her response on Wednesday during the readout, she said, bring it. Okay, Herschel, come on. No, seriously, she said, we reached out to your team. We will have you on the readout any day. We can debate, just tell us when. However, Reed provided a condition to that debate. <laughs> she says, but I do want to make one thing clear, Herschel. You can't bring your friends. You have to do this debate on your own. She said that as she showed some of Walker's appearances on Fox News with Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham. She said, but come on, the doors of the church are open like the pastor says, concluded Reed. Now, you see, this is, this is where Herschel Walker is stupid. He makes an accusation. He makes a threat that he'll debate this woman, and he has yet to respond to her. He has yet to respond to her, and he's not going to respond to her because his buddies like Lindsay and, and Ted are going to say, yeah, don't do that. They'll fuck you up there. I hope he does, though, because that will pretty much tank the runoff election, if they even need to do that. I don't think Herschel Walker is going to have a good showing in that election, uh, runoff election on December 6th. I just, I just don't think he is. I mean, we now all have the opportunity to focus on Herschel Walker, not the tons of other races. It's all on Herschel Walker. He's got the spotlight on him. And just like Donald Trump, he will fuck himself over. And, of course, he just did throwing out a challenge to Joy Reid to debate. And she says, okay, we'll give you airtime and you can talk about anything you want. Just don't bring your friends because she doesn't want to debate your friends. She wants to debate you. You're going to try to be a U.S. senator, so it's time you handle things on your own, Herschel Walker. But I'll guarantee you this, Herschel Walker will never show up to debate um Joy Reid, although it would be awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, I guess there's a remote chance that he feels butthurt about the challenge and he feels cornered that he has no choice but to show up, but that would be a huge mistake. He can't look anything but stupid if he was going to do something like that. So I'll keep my fingers crossed, not counting on it. It's not in his best interest to debate Joy Reid or fucking anybody for that matter. Anybody could debate Herschel Walker and kick his ass. I'd debate Herschel Walker. And that may be the easiest debate I've ever done. This fucking guy can't speak the king's English, let alone come up with facts or truth or an argument on anything. All he keeps repeating is, I ran a business. I signed business checks. You guys didn't do it. So what the fuck does that have to do with being a U.S. senator? 
How many U.S. senators ever ran their own business and signed the checks, as you say? Do you think Lindsey Graham did? Don't think so. Do you think Ted Cruz did? Nope. Do you think Mitch McConnell did? Nope. So that doesn't mean anything. Most of the Republicans who've been in the Senate for decades never ran a fucking business. And I'll be honest with you, when we're talking about the U.S. Senate, it has nothing to do with business. I mean, we settled one proposal. Everybody used to say, well, if we just got a businessman as president, he would figure out all this shit. Well, we got a businessman as a president, and guess what? Everything went to shit. The economy, a million people die from COVID. We've got investigation after investigation. We had an insurrection, for God's sake. We had this businessman president steal top secret documents and give them away to enemy countries. So we've done that scientific experiment. Get a businessman as president, they'll fix all the shit. No, clearly not. Donald Trump didn't know how to play the game. He had never been in the arena of politics, and it fucking showed. It showed. And the same thing can be said for Herschel Walker. I'm surprised they even want him to win this election because he will be nothing but an embarrassment. And because he is who he is, you know, somebody like Mitch McConnell is going to say, Herschel, stop that shit. You're not going to do that. You're an embarrassment, and you can't do this. And Herschel Walker will say, he'll get all butthurt and say, well, I'm going to fucking do it anyway, and just embarrass the Republican Party. This election, this runoff election, is very important. While the Democrats have already established the majority in the Senate, if they get that extra vote, it will cancel out, uh, it will cancel out uh, Joe Manchin. And it will give us a little more power in the committees in the Senate. So this is kind of a crucial race, but I'm really not worried about it. I don't see how Herschel Walker wins this. Now that he is the focal point and people are seeing just how stupid and outrageous he is, I can't see how he's going to win. I really don't think that's going to happen. Let's talk about another guy who'll never run for re-election, never win re-election, never be in politics again. He may not be in politics because he could be in jail or in um, house lockdown or something. I'm talking about Donald Trump, of course. Now, his problems aren't just political and governmental. He's got some personal issues, too. Now, you remember the writer who accused Donald Trump of lying by denying that he raped her 27 years ago, filed a Second Amendment defamation lawsuit against him, E. Jean Carroll. Remember that? I mean, this is how dumb Donald Trump is. His only defense for what he said, he can't deny what he said, it's on tape, uh, but his only defense was <laughs> that he said it when he was president, so he's Got absolute immunity, which isn't true. But that was his only defense. So what does he do? He goes on Truth Social, says the same thing while he's not president. (laughs) 
Oh, man, this guy can't save himself for fucking anything. Now, this E. Jean Carroll, she was a model when she was younger, and she had an advice column for Elle magazine, as well as she's done several books. She filed a complaint in Manhattan federal court again and accused Trump of battery in an alleged encounter, encounter in Bergdorf, no, Bergdorf Goodman department store in Manhattan in the late 90s. This happened a long time ago. So there's really no criminal risk to Donald Trump. But he keeps lying, and E. Jean Carroll apparently has the money and the motivation to sue this motherfucker. Now, Carroll is suing Trump under New York's new Adult Survivors Act, a law that gives sexual assault victims a one-year window to sue their alleged abusers, even if the abuse occurred long ago and statute of limitations have expired. Now, of course, Donald Trump has always denied raping Carol or knowing her at the time. And she said she was, what he said was, she's not my type. His first denial in June of 2019 prompted her to sue for defamation five months later. Now, after Trump repeated the denial in October 12th's post on True Social, uh, calling Carol's claim a hoax and a lie, Carol decided to file a new defamation claim on Thursday, which was Thanksgiving, which was the first day that accusers could sue. Now, Carol also produced the dress she was wearing during the alleged rape, which had Trump's DNA on it. But his legal team has thus far refused to comply with judges' orders that he take a DNA test to confirmed Carol's claims. Now, you would think if a guy is not guilty, is innocent of said charges, you would think he'd want to clear his name. But for whatever reason, he doesn't want to do that. Now, both sides are awaiting appeals court decisions addressing Trump's argument. He says that he's legally immune from Carol's first lawsuit because he had spoken in his capacity as a president. That's not a thing. Now, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, argues that Trump's true social post came after he left the White House and was therefore posting a pri- as a private citizen. Now, we don't know what kind of damages she's asking for. Uh, she said Trump caused her lasting psychological harm and left her unable to sustain a romantic relationship. And I can see that. I mean, if you were involved with a violent rape, which apparently this was, that can mess with your head. I mean, I can't imagine. I'm not a woman. I have no idea what that's like. But if she says it caused her damage, well, then we should presume she's telling the truth. The interesting thing is with this DNA thing, and I don't know where this is going. I heard about it a while back, but I haven't heard anything about it since. Since we knew Donald Trump was going to deny doing a DNA test, I mean, we all knew that. Mary Trump, who is Donald Trump's niece, offered to take a DNA test because that would give some indication as if this DNA is connected to Donald Trump and to what percentage. 
So I'm hoping against hope that they take Mary Trump up on this and they get some indication because I got to tell you, if she's suing because Donald Trump is lying about raping her back in the 90s, with his DNA on that dress, it's going to be kind of hard to deny. The courts love DNA. And they will love this if Donald Trump's DNA is on her dress. Can you imagine how how much forethought this took? I don't even know what the situation with DNA was back in the 90s. I, I don't recall. But she had enough foresight to hold on to it, never wear it again, not to clean it, and leave the DNA on it. Now, there's a pissed-off woman. She knew at some point that she was going to use this against Donald Trump, and now it's sitting out there, and we're going to wait and see what happens. Donald will never consent to a DNA. Uh, He may be, you know, maybe the courts can force him to do it, but we know what will happen then. Then he'll appeal, and he'll appeal, and he'll appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. He'll fucking lose, but it's a year out, two years out, if he does that. So I'm hoping... Mary steps up and says, take my DNA. Let's prove this shit once and for all. Okay, I've got a save the date for you. October 2nd, 2023. And we're talking about 10 months out, 9, 10 months out. But that's when Donald Trump will have to appear in person to testify under oath in the lawsuit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James, accusing him and three of his adult children of fraudulently overvaluing the real estate company's assets and Trump's net worth. This is about the civil lawsuit that Letitia James has of essentially fraud. I've talked about this before. This is where Donald Trump would overinflate the value of his properties in order to get better loans or insurance claims and all that stuff. And there we're talking about bank fraud and insurance fraud. But then at the same time, he would undervalue his properties so he didn't have to pay as many taxes. So that would be tax fraud. Now, she said this lawsuit is going to be looking for at minimum $250 million at minimum. Now, in her lawsuit filed in September, James accused Trump, his company, his children, Donald Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, and others of inflating Trump's assets by billions of dollars in a decade of lies to banks and insurers. James called the fraud staggering. Now, she's been going into this for a long time. She's got a shitload of evidence, evidence we don't even know about. So that is going to be a barn burner of a court case. I have a feeling that between now and October 2nd of 2023, a lot of shit is going to fall on Donald Trump. By the time we get there, we may not even be that excited about it. There'll be other court cases. There'll be indictments. And a lot of people around Donald Trump will go down against him as well. So (laughs) this is not going to be a good year. 2022, the end of 2022 and all of 2023 are going to be some of Donald Trump's 
worst times in his lifetime. His feet are going to be put to the fire, and they're going to be held there for probably years. This guy is never going to be out of court. Uh, He's going to get convicted a number of times for anything from fraud to insurrection to uh, the Presidential Records Act, all kinds of shit. Now, Justice Arthur Angoron of the state Supreme Court in Manhattan set the trial date for the suit against Trump Organization. Um, And it was kind of a contentious hearing on Tuesday following motions by the Trumps that night before to have civil lawsuit dismissed. So, you know, we know the Trump team was doing all the same things. We should have this dismissed because I was president and I'm very fucking important and it shouldn't, I should have total immunity. Well, of course, that didn't go anywhere. But they will do anything and say anything so that they can delay this thing. I never understood the delay thing. I mean, eventually you're going to have to pay the piper. Is it that valuable to delay and delay? I mean, I think when he was in business, he would delay and delay and cause the people suing him to run out of money. You know, the people he stiffed in his building business or whatever. They got to a point where they were spending so much money on the lawsuit that uh, it didn't make any sense anymore. They lost a ton of money um, to Donald Trump, but now they were going to have to spend an equal or more money in suing him. So at some point, it becomes pointless to do it. Yeah, but now we're talking about the government. There are no limitations. Donnie, you don't have any money. You're not going to be able to run out the clock with these fucks. They're going to do what they want with you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Now, of course, we had these shootings recently, and it's pretty appalling. The prime suspect in the mass shooting that left six people dead at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia, left a death note, apparently, addressed to God on his phone. Andre Bing, 31, said that his actions were not planned, but things had fallen into place like he was being led by Satan. In the rambling note that was released by the Chesapeake Police Department on Friday, Bing added that he failed to listen to the Holy Spirit. So basically what he's saying, whoopsie, I fucked up. Now in the document, Bing also said that he'd lost his dignity after his phone was hacked. Signing off, he asked for God's forgiveness for what he was about to do. So he's asking forgiveness before he even killed anybody. Police said in a statement that they found the note when detectives conducted a forensic analysis of the suspect's phone, which was located at the scene. What? Wow. I mean, clearly this is a man um, who has some emotional or mental issues. And we've talked about this all along. How does somebody in that state of mind get access to a gun? Now, in that case, it wasn't an AR-15. The suspect used a 9mm handgun, police said in Friday's statement, adding that it was legally purchased from a local store on Tuesday morning. But how? It's because they don't do background checks. You can't tell me that this guy didn't have a red flag of some sort 
that said, you know, maybe he shouldn't get a gun, but he legally purchased it. As many people who have gotten these guns illegally, there's too many that get them illegally. And if you're selling guns legally and stores and churches and synagogues are getting shot up, that tells me one thing. We got a fucking problem with our system. Now, if you go to Texas or any other red state in the country, they believe everybody should be able to buy as many guns as they want, not have any background checks, not have to register it, not have to do any of that shit. But clearly, that strategy isn't working. The idea of having more people with guns is going to save mass shootings is absolutely bullshit. I mean, Uvalde, how many cops did we have there when, uh, what, 21 people were shot in Uvalde? The concept, the mindset that these people have is clearly wrong, and the evidence would prove that out. You can't understand what they're even thinking. Now, as much as the Republicans fucked around and found out that, oh, overturning Roe v. Wade didn't work for us, taking away people's civil rights didn't work for us, we're, still, we're kind of in that same situation with gun control. The vast majority of people in this country want gun control. Um, and they don't get it. This is costing them elections. This is costing them positions of power. You would think at the very least they would say, you know, that's not a good idea. We should get on board. But it's not so much about... Power, in this case, it's about money. The NRA and, you know, manufacturers of guns and, and artillery, um, they put a lot of money into those people in Congress. And it's not just Republicans. It's Democrats, too. There are plenty of Democrats that would vote against gun control. And that's disturbing. They are putting our safety at risk so they can make a few extra bucks. This is something we've got to change, not only with Republicans, but some of those Democrats too. This is too big an issue. Too many people are dying. It's barbaric. You don't see this in other countries. So that we have it here, that should be a sure signal that, hey, we got a problem We've got to do something to fix it. Yet, after all these shootings for years and decades, nobody has done anything, Democrats or Republicans. Nobody's done a fucking thing because there's no money in it for them to fix it. They're happy with people dying as long as they keep getting paid. And that's something, when we get through this whole mess with the investigations and stuff, there's a lot of things we've got to deal with in this country. We've got to get Roe v. Wade codified. We've got to take a look at the Supreme Court because we can't have one third or one of the three branches of government being a fucking mess, being corrupt, being lacking integrity or credibility. We've got to address that. But we also have to address the situation with guns. Those are the most important issues we've got to address, and the Republicans have done everything in their power to block that. Voters need to understand that. As I've talked about the millennials and the Gen Zs, 
They're coming up quick. They're going to be controlling this country. And things are going to change for the Republicans. I dare say the Republicans may be extinct by 20, after 2028. I'm hoping that's the case. Unless they decide to change everything up, change their image, which would be the smart thing to do. But we've seen over the past at least two years that somehow, someway, the Republicans don't do the smart thing. Because if they had, with COVID, if Donald Trump had done what he was supposed to do with COVID, he probably would have got reelected in 2020. But he was too stupid to know that. These Republicans would have had a better midterm election had it occurred to them that, oh, women don't like overturning Roe v. Wade. It wasn't hard to figure out. The information, the polling was right in their face. But they're so arrogant that they decide, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to shove it down their throat. Well, the fact of the matter is, Republicans, you got it shoved down your throat. And it's going to get worse in 2024 and way worse in 2028. And by that time, it's too late. There's no coming back for the Republicans. And since we're talking about not coming back for a Republican, how about Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake? I almost feel sorry for this woman. It's almost kind of a joke. She filed a lawsuit against Maricopa County elections officials, alleging they broke election laws. Lake also claimed that 118 polling centers appeared to have a printer tabulation problem, although officials previously said there were 60 polling centers with printing issues that were fixed before the polls closed. You know, in 2020, when they talked about election fraud, there was a big uproar from the Trump Lefox and the Republicans. There were these election deniers, and it was just a mess. That's part of the reason we had the insurrection on January 6th. Carrie Lake now, she's the lone person, as far as I know, that's complaining about election fraud. And nobody's really paying attention to her. The Republicans don't care. They figure we see that it is over. There's no money and in, in going and trying to help Kerry Lake, and they aren't helping Kerry Lake. There might be some Republicans in the state that are helping him, but the people on the federal level, the Mitch McConnells, the Lindsey Grahams, they don't even want any part of this. They, they, they know this isn't a winner. Now, Democrat Katie Hobbs, who currently is the Secretary of State, has been, of course, projected as the winner. That was 10 days ago. Lake, a close ally to Donald Trump, her buddy. She's refused to acknowledge President Joe Biden won the 2020 election. She has not yet conceded the governor's race. This is what I love about Republicans. Somehow they get it in their head. They say, if I don't concede, I don't really lose. That's not true. As I've said before, that's a courtesy, not a law. Now, Lake announced this lawsuit on Wednesday on Steve Bannon's podcast, Of Fucking Course, calling the 2022 election the shoddiest election ever in history. Shoddier than 2020? That seems to be contradictory, Carrie. That's not what you said about 2020. 
She says, we want some information. We're on a timeline, a very strict timeline when it comes to fighting this botched election and they're dragging their feet. Now, on Election Day, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates said there were 60 polling sites that had printing problems, and they were fixed before the polls closed. Gates said that the printer issue was technical. The ink didn't print dark enough for the machines to be readable. Now, they were dark enough if you wanted to hand count them, and I don't know, maybe they did that. It's not like the votes didn't come across. It's just that they were light and they felt like they needed to do it over again. Granted, that's a fuck-up. That's almost an inexcusable fuck-up. I mean, you're in Arizona that already has problems with people making claims of stuff that's not true. You don't need a fuck-up like this to give them more ammunition. But that's what happened. That's an issue with with, uh, Arizona. Now, Lake alleges in the lawsuit, because of printer tabulator problems, the polling locations were chaotic. Voters were frustrated, and voters had to endure long lines. Lake's lawsuit also asked for several public records, especially related to canvassing. Filing says that without access access to the requested records, the plaintiff cannot ascertain the full extent of the problems identified and their impacts on electors. Now, see, this is the common strategy of, of Republicans or Trumplifucks. You lost. Clearly, you lost. So let's just try to cause some chaos and some confusion so that maybe you can change the narrative and get something on your side. But I would say this to Carrie Lake. The entire country, the entire Republican Party tried to do this with 2020's election didn't fucking work. You had every Trump fuck in the country fighting over this, mounting a coup against the country, and it didn't work. What makes you think that a little governor's election in fucking Arizona alone, that you can create that kind of chaos and that kind of uncertainty? It's really sad. If you see her on Twitter, she always has these little videos and somebody who was a voter in Arizona, has some weird story. None of it really even suggests that there was voter fraud or election fraud, but it's something that tells a little bit of information about a a miscue or a problem. Now, we don't know if these people are telling the truth, and even if they are telling the truth, none of it really suggests that there was a big problem with the election. You know, she's had four or five or six people saying, I had this problem, I had that problem. If each one of those really had the problem, it's still enough to not to change the election. But Carrie Lake is trying hard. She's not going to win. She doesn't have a chance. She has very few people on her side. And she's being laughed at right now by the Democrats And people are turning their heads and getting away from her on the Republican side because they know this is a loser. And let's be perfectly honest, the Republicans have been hooked to too many losers at this point. Donald Trump, the midterm elections, overturning Roe v. Wade, all this shit. They don't need more of this shit going for them because they're already fucked themselves over. So Carrie Lake can continue to rant and yap and yap, but nothing's going to happen. Katie Hobbs is going to be the governor. 
Carrie Lake is going to find some other job. And there's some talk that now she's sucking up to Donald Trump in hopes that she would be the vice presidential candidate with Donald Trump. Got to tell you, Carrie, the odds of that are so slim. First, that he picks you. Second, he has no chance that he's going to be running in 2024. So you can work on a vice presidential candidacy for two years, but it's going to be all for naught when you get down to the date. You'll be there holding the bag just like you are now with this governor's race in Arizona. Carrie, you're fucked. You might as well let it go and try to find some job that you can do. Now, see, the problem is at this point, nobody on TV is going to want you back because she's a TV reporter. Nobody's going to want you back because you look like a fool. You have no credibility. So you're not going to get a job on TV. Well, unless you go to Fox or OAN or Newsmax. But even those folks are trying to step away from Donald Trump, too, so they probably don't want you either. I just have to giggle every time I see Carrie Lake come up with some crazy bullshit. Absolutely nobody is listening to her. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending the time to listen. We got one in. We missed a day, but we got this one in. I want you to have a great day. Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.